Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken a crow, crow. Chicken a crow. Crossing and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Petrella, and I also have a trading problem. I'm Simon Gruneveld, and I have a trading problem as well. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to session. I don't think I updated this. I think we're at 253. Yes, we are. Of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will. I'm here this show. Yay. Back. Like I even tweeted out, like, are you all ready for a new trade addicts pod? I think I am. <laughs> Pretty sure I'll be here this time. Well, Zach's not here. So Zach's not here. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter just picked like the worst day ever to be sick. And I'm just like, Rocky, it's Monday. My daughter is sick. I am not going to get any sleep tonight. So I'm going to be miserable tomorrow. Do you mind? I don't know why I'm asking Rocky. I'm not going to be there tomorrow, so you better. <laughs> I, was like gonna say, I don't think it matters if I mind dress. <laughs> yeah, what would you have done if Rocky would have said, "Like, sorry, man." Yeah, nope, not doing it. You're either coming or there's no show. <laughs> oh, ultimatum, Rocky. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely nothing. We just wouldn't have had a show for a week. Yeah. Gone on as if nothing ever happens. Because while I like to believe it, we're not that important. <laughs> but we are here at Combine Week. It is Combine Week. It is time to double count everything we knew already. Jalen Hyatt's going to run fast. Boost that score. No, no, we knew that. Like, the Combine used to be entertaining. It used to be fun. I think Twitter killed it for me. Like, I legitimately just don't care anymore. It's just like, I wait for it to end, and I'll go up to, like, Zach or Rocky or J-Mac, and I'm like, you guys surprised by anything? Nope. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I I literally don't care about the Combine. It's kind of fun, but yeah, I... Not, it matters nothing to like what I think of the rookies or anything like that. It'll matter. I still haven't really gotten deep into to watching guys like I try and do, but what I see there is going to matter. And what I hear from guys like Zach and J Mike is going to matter to me way more than anything that happens this next week or so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm completely going out of order, but now I'm ready in a train of thought. So we're going with it. The only thing 
I have. Okay, so like I think Zach, you know, Zach Reed, because we we talk about him enough already. You know, he points out it doesn't necessarily what happens at the combine. What matters is what the teams think and show us during the draft. Um, I think the only thing I've seen, and it's been a total of twice over the past maybe two three years, receiving backs who run extremely slower forties than we thought they will fall <laughs> and. You might as well just throw it. They they become dart throws. Like it happened to both Eno Benjamin and um, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Thank you. We were talking about it this morning on the show. And like, if you're a receiving back, why even participate in the combine? If you're caught, like why go run that 40 and risk dropping two rounds in the NFL draft? Just, just don't do it. Yeah, Yeah. That's a, Good point. That's really the only thing that to me that matters about the combine is how it affects draft capital. That's exactly. And you don't know until you get there, but I I feel like we covered everything about the combine anyway, but we'll get to that in a few minutes if we feel like it. But before we do keep going, Simon, this is your first time here. So we have to do our little interview. We think, which I feel like we haven't, I haven't done in forever. Hopefully you did it yesterday, last week, Rocky. I still haven't listened yet. I'm gonna I did it. do it. All right, good. Because I, I, I meant to listen to it today, and then I didn't. <laughs> then it, I, I felt I like just, a fun story. Did it, did it go over about well? it? And then... it, it did great. All right. <laughs> so, but first, we, uh, Simon, why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Simon Gruneveld. You can find me on Twitter at FYF Simon. I'm a part of the Front Yard Fantasy team over there. We have a daily morning show on Better Sports Network. You can find it on their app and on our YouTube channel, Front Yard Fantasy, every day, Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. year-round. We talk football, but we also talk a lot of nonsense and play a lot of games like we like to do. Uh, So you should come hang out with us then. And all of our other stuff that we're putting out is on our YouTube channel, so you can find it there. Okay. First of all, Tuesdays, 3 o'clock, watch 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 front yard fantasy and their games it is so insanely fun because you actually if you're watching they have the chat going in this and you get to pretty much just play along and they legit talk to you as you're playing and they care about your answers it is it is wonderful (laughs) everybody undefeated in those games too every day (laughs) every time i am 100 defeated I think <laughs> I uh if it wasn't for sheer volume I would be as well right yeah, I, I did my ass kick pretty handily over you need to over get me again. back on I think I think I'm two and one of my appearances on there so I played Wheel of Fortune two times ago and I got every single puzzle I guessed every single puzzle without guessing a letter and I still lost. <laughs> You know what's funny? I was one of the times I was on. I played Wheel of Fortune. I did not get a single puzzle, and I still won. Exactly. (laughs) The fix is in. That's all I'm saying. We were having this thing happen at the beginning, though. We're like, I'm going to be real. I'm better at the puzzles than I am at the trivia. Some of that trivia gets in my head. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Good. I was getting all the trivia questions and guessing letters, and I never, I don't think, ever got any of the puzzles right. But I had enough money banked or whatever that I ended up winning. (laughs) I think we had one person come on who was like Rocky, who just answered the questions, and we didn't have a limit set, and it just kept going and going and going and And they could just go until they solved the puzzles or until it ended. I mean, there's there's an elegance, there's an appreciation of knowledge of all that stuff, but yeah, that's not a fun game. (laughs) 
All right, so let's let's get into our little questiony thing. How long have you been playing fantasy football? Started in high school very casually, probably like 2010, just with some of my buddies, my next door neighbor and a bunch of his friends. We started a league, got into it more seriously around 2015 in college, joined my first keeper league with John Luke over at Front Yard Fantasy um, with me, and it went downhill quickly from there. Um, I think from that day on, I that was when I discovered the fantasy footballers. And I feel like that's a lot of people's like gateway drug into yeah. fantasy football <laughs> obsession because I didn't miss an episode for probably like four years after that. And here we are now. Um, thought I was going to do engineering and then said, hey, what about uh, fantasy football as a career instead? Uh, so we've gone all in. My first dynasty league wasn't until – 2018, though, I believe, was the first Dynasty League I was in. But on the plus side, by now, it's pretty long. (laughs) Yeah. God, that's – whenever I get, like, the things on my phone that are, like, 10 years ago, and I'm like, no, I was, was, like, in college at that point. That wasn't 10 years ago. Rocky, (laughs) Rocky. Yeah? What year was it 20 years ago? What year was it 20 years ago? What does it feel like? What What year was it 20 years ago? Like, what decade do you think of as someone says 20 years ago? Oh, yeah, I don't know. The 90s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone says, like, oh, 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, 1993 was a great year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's not what it is. It's bizarre to me that the 80s are now, like, 40. Some of the 80s are 40 years ago. Yes. I, <laughs> I know that very well because yeah. of my age, yes. <laughs> Uh, but let, we're not talking about us. Uh, Where are some of the best and worst trades you've made in Dynasty? I don't remember a lot of my best ones, but boy, do the worst ones stick oh, out in is. my mind. Um, there's two yeah, that really, them. really stand out. Alvin Kamara's rookie year. Oh, no. I drafted him, and uh, I got very excited at his early success right it seemed like i had struck gold but at this point i was sitting there going is he the real deal or is this just a opportunity thing and i need to get out before it's too late and uh, i've got a competitive team let me get two older backs that are going to kill it right now for alvin Kamara from this other guy and we can call it a day and i traded alvin Kamara. i believe the trade was for cj anderson and doug martin during Alvin Kamara's rookie year in a dynasty league. And that one, um, I, I can't even justify it at this point. I was a bad dynasty player right there. The did, other did, one. I was just going to ask, did CJ Anderson and Doug Martin have good years that year? No, no. They never had it. They never had, not only did they not Doug have Martin good years Martin had one year, really, really good year. I know that. Oh, they that never had well good years then. again um, <laughs> after that. It was, it was the end of their careers, and I just traded away one of the best dynasty running backs for two done running backs that being said i love doug martin and i have zero regrets about getting him on my team the other bad one anytime you can get the muscle hamster you get the muscle hamster you got to get the muscle hamster if he came back and signed with the team today i'd probably go out and trade for him i right away maybe alvin Kamara, straight up we can just run run the trade back let's make it happen but the other one i was better now than it was those two years ago (laughs) (laughs) i was in a rookie draft and i had the last pick of the first round and jl had the first pick of the second round um, there were two wide receivers that I really liked. Two of my favorite wide receivers from that draft class, Jalen Waddell and Terrace Marshall, sitting there at the turn. 
JL wanted Jalen Waddle very bad. And I'm sitting here thinking, if I can get an extra draft pick out of this, take the one that JL doesn't take, no big deal. I get the player that I liked. I think people are sleeping on Terrace Marshall. And so I traded away the 10th pick for that first pick of the second round and the third round pick. And I am sitting here with Terrace Marshall, and I don't even know who was drafted with that third round pick while JL is running away with Jalen Waddle on his team. He's having so much fun. No biggie. No biggie. <laughs> That one hurts. That one's fresh. We just talked about that one this morning, too, on the show. It keeps coming up. This is a great recap show, apparently. God. And, uh, this, is, this is the front yard after show. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I think someone texted you to bring up my trade trauma, and so we're just bringing it up over and over again. Oh, we got JL backstage. He's feeding it to me. <laughs> uh, what is a guiding principle you take with you, whether you are offering or evaluating a trade? It's not a zero-sum game. Both sides can come out winners and you shouldn't try to be adversarial with your trade partners. Um, A trade relationship is a real thing. It is much easier to get a second, third and fourth trade done with someone that you've done that first trade with. So don't try to screw someone over because you're just going to make it harder for yourself in the long run. You hear that Rocky? Don't be a jerk during trades. Yeah, that that's totally me, Russ. That's that's the (laughs) one that does that. I have no idea why I felt the need to yell that at you, but it just popped in my head. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going through with it now. All right, here we go. If anyone does that, it's you, Russ. No, well, not purposefully. Maybe, okay, not be a jerk, but you like, said take far more bad me. trades than I and did. again, <laughs> not on purpose. Oh, man, I wish I could remember what it was the other day. Well, like a few days ago, I went through TA7, and I sent everybody a trade except for I don't remember if I sent you one for Damian Pierce. You did did. it. It was bad. Literally everyone. Yeah. (laughs) I I went to get a 24 first. And if they were a good team, I added a third or something. Um, I think it's mine. You added a second. I was like, yeah, no, thanks, Russ. Swing and a miss. All right. (laughs) Um, I don't even notice what I'm clicking. Um, And and Bobby rejects it and gives... DMs me a tweet, uh, GIF of uh, Dikembe Mutombo wagging his finger. I'm like, oh yeah, your team's rebuilding, but I sent it to everyone and I didn't want you to feel left out. <laughs> like, But the other, another time, I can't remember what it was. I was trying to trade up in the rookie draft and I offered not a lot. And I, d- I didn't remember, but I got the reject email and I literally just replied like, I don't know what I was thinking. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> this was not good. <laughs> Late night trading, guys. Because like, at times, like, or I just, if there hasn't been a lot of action, like we're hitting, it's a Monday, and I know that we don't have a lot of trades going into Tuesday's night. I'm just going to be like, I literally sit there with my head in my hand, clicking buttons, just trying to, even if a trade doesn't get done, maybe it starts something. So I'm not like trying my hardest. And I've also made bad trades doing that. But yeah, no, I sent a lot of bad offers accidentally because I'm just not 100%. In when there. I get the, when I get the itch, like, I won't send one for two weeks. Then I'll get the itch, and I swear the people in my leagues know when it happens because I'll lay in bed, like, kicking my feet like a little kid for, like, an hour and a half, just, like, trying to craft something, sending all these things out. And then you won't hear from me for a week after you send a sh- awful counter my way. <laughs> uh, trading's so much fun. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of news that I don't think any of it is a surprise. A uh, whole lot of cuts coming. They are starting now a uh, little earlier than I thought because it's technically not March, though it will be by the time you're listening to this. Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, and dang, Kenny Galladay got cut by their respective teams. Yeah, we all, anybody shocked? Anybody 
have any feelings whatsoever about any of these. Curious where Carson Wentz ends up. I won't be shocked if he's a starter next year, but yeah. I don't know, maybe I don't know where. Um, but I'm curious to see where he ends up because I don't think he's bad. Yeah, like I, I think Wentz can start somewhere, especially if he's not signed by draft time and someone drafts a QB in like the second or third. Like I could see them grabbing him as like the next Teddy Bridgewater. Like, you know, yeah. we just we need a guy to start for a year or two. And at least he's been in the league long enough that he can impart some knowledge on this youngster that hopefully won't go in the wrong direction and make the kids bad. Like, but no, I, I think Wentz is probably one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the world. Like he's not great, but it's not like bad. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he's bad necessarily either, but I do sort of take a perverse joy in seeing where Carson Wentz has ended up at this point. <laughs> yeah, as an Eagles fan, uh, and he, I don't, I don't know, people, I don't think people remember that. Like he, he forced his way out of here. They, they weren't planning necessarily on trading him. They did bench him for Hertz at the end of his last season, but there wasn't a oh. given that he was gone, and he, uh, he wanted out. Oh well, he was throwing tantrums the sec since they drafted him like since the second they drafted hurts i think i heard he started oh like, yeah he was child about it and he and all, from all accounts he was a dick before that too so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I never heard about that until uh you know the hurts stuff started and it's really funny um oh man like again like i wish i could remember especially when like people who tweet things out like i wish i could remember but there's so many people on twitter i just can't remember anymore and someone tweeted saying you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Bears draft a quarterback at one, but also hold on to fields. And someone goes, that doesn't feel right. And I, and I reply, I'm like, logically, that is smart. You get as many good court, you get as many quarterbacks in the room as you can, and you find the best one because the quarterback position is very important, <laughs> you know? So why not try to get the best? But in reality, you have a bunch of very competitive, very athletic 20-year-olds in a room together, and that's not going to sit well with either of them. So I I just don't think you can do that in the real world. Yeah, and the only other argument I have against that is we've seen the recipe repeatedly now for success with NFL teams doing a rebuild, and that's to make it happen while the quarterback's still on their rookie deal, right? Before they have to pay the dude. So to draft another one right there, unless they're planning on a, a full reset, right? Like this yeah. is the guy and let's reset in a year or two and try again. I, I just don't know, man. Um, Cause yeah. it's, a, it's such a small gap that they can get it within that window. And a lot of teams aren't built like the chiefs where they can sustain a $50 million a year quarterback. And it helps with that quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. I, yeah. I was also going to say too, I, I kind of feel it's almost like, like dynasty and that the the one the pick is worth a lot like if you're drafting those two you're eventually planning to trade one and you're not going to have both of them on the roster through the rookie contracts and you're probably going to get a lot bigger package for the first pick in the draft than you're going to get for say cj stroud or bryce young or, or yeah, whoever because even if you draft stroud you have fields and you decide to trade stroud in three months why what was wrong with him I'm not giving you what I would have given you for the price. right. Exactly. Like, there, it, it's it's just it's bad everything. Um, the first pick could be anything, even CJ Stroud. <laughs> <laughs> even be a boat. 
Um, okay. But yeah, you're right. I don't think this, there's nothing. We can just keep going. Is there anything about the combine we didn't talk about that you are not necessarily interested, but if something were to happen, it would cause you interest? Like, I know, I think I saw Stroud isn't even throwing, um, there, which isn't unusual. No, yeah, there are, why would he? There are years where there are specific things I'm looking for. Maybe a player that was injured. We saw limited sample size, but they're coming back. They have something to show. Um, maybe a, a quarterback that's mobile. We're looking for a 40 time if they're going to run it. But this year, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of big question marks about these top prospects going into the combine. Um, so there, there were no storylines I'm looking out for heading into this one. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't feel... Like, like you said, it's going to be a lot of probably double counting. Oh, yeah. That guy's fast, little... who we thought was fast. <laughs> that guy's very athletic, who we thought was athletic. <laughs> well, that guy's You'll... short, that we all knew was short, but sure, now yeah. it affects his draft. That's yes. my favorite one, like the double reports bad, of Bryce Young coming out at too, five, yeah. ten and a half. Like the See, NFL scouts who have who are paid to do this more money than I can even imagine getting paid. Haven't known that this guy's five, 10 and a half for the last three years. Like they're fully aware that yes. Bryce Young's five, 10. If you had him at one before his official height coming in at five, 10 and a half shouldn't make you move him to two because the people drafting him already knew he was five, 10. Yeah. Like it was funny. I, I don't understand what good lying in the college programs does about height and weight. But they always do it. Like, yeah, what is up. the point? I think just make the player feel better for four years, like a three, two, well, three, four years. An NFL <laughs> program has to sell potential athletes on coming to their school, right? And part of that sales pitch is NFL success, like a player who goes on to find success in the NFL. So the second you step on campus, you're not only an athlete for them, you're a potential future marketing tool for them as well, right? Like, look at this guy we sent to the NFL. Look at this three-star recruit we sent to the NFL. So they're going to start hyping you up from like the second you're on campus. And if you're 5'11", let's let's say six foot. Why are we the ones being honest? Make someone else say you're 5'11". Yeah, but like, yeah, that's cool. Jordan Addison, 6'1". Jordan Addison, 6'1". I could look at that dude and tell you he's 5'10". I mean, like, what's what? why? What's What good is... I, I never understood it, but then it's just it's fun to make fun of more than anything else at this point. I'm with you. I'm not saying yeah. it makes sense, but I think that's their reason. Yeah. Like that's that's that to me is a little bit of what is interesting about the combine. You'd be like, oh yeah, no way that dude was two fifteen. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck eighty five soaking wet. Come on. My I think my favorite thing about the combine is the one person every year where like it becomes a big deal how little their hands are. Small hands. Um, like Burrow, it was Kenny Pickett. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, just over and over again, people are just obsessed with the small hands. I love, oh man. That's was when Joe Burrow didn't he like, tweeted out I, I guess I need to retire because I because <laughs> My hands are so small or something like that. Yep. <laughs> he should have listened. Has he won a Super Bowl? <laughs> Not yet. No, he hasn't. Trash. <laughs> okay, move hands. I said that out loud. <laughs> uh, all right, well, it is that time to allow our guests to choose. Which do you want to do first, listener questions or trade addicts trades? Ooh, let's go to the listener questions. Okie dokie. First one, Herms. Oh, snap. Heck yeah. Question for Simon. Big fan of the front yard fantasy stuff, but why only the front? What are you hiding us from us in the back? First of all, what's up, Herms? I love Herms. <laughs> um, but 
First of all, there's a lot of dog poop back there. Just an absurd <laughs> amount. Dude, We're busy. When it's fenced in, you can open that back door, let the dog go out, take care of its business. It comes back in. I get it. That is what I do every time. And, you know, the plan was, you know, once a week, I'll go out there and pick it up. But it's been uh, it's been about six months. There's a lot oh. of poop in the backyard. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, oh, man, it's hot where you are. So it's, it's really cold out here. But, no, you're you're. Oh man, no, we like, get we get like turd, back there and... we get like turd jerky after like eight yeah. hours. Like it is fully <laughs> dried and crumbly. Um, but nothing else hiding in the backyard. The front yard moniker is really supposed to be we want this to be a space where everyone feels welcome and invited, right? And so it's not in the fenced in backyard. We're not hiding anything back there. Everything's in the front yard, and anybody who walks on by is welcome to come and hang out. I felt very clever by saying that there was too much banter in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay, next, because he didn't ask an actual football-related question, we have at Geronimo Rambles, 32 teams and 15 qualified quarterbacks. How will this play out the next few years in Dynasty? We go through cycles with this, I think, where there are years where we have good old quarterbacks that sustain safety and value and we may not value anymore because we've the community as in general has just become way too ageist uh, except for Rocky um, <laughs> and but it, it's it's there to keep jobs safe like I think that's one of the biggest problems I think we see now is jobs are nowhere as safe as they used to be and it's for the betterment of football like the Bengals kept themselves in purgatory for having Andy Dalton for 16 years like teams are willing to move on from that instead of just saying well we we have someone who's not terrible let's just keep it going so I don't really know if we're in anywhere different I think we have a lot of very good very young people so I think we don't have a I think we're in a great spot for a while because of the top 10 quarterbacks I think there's one over 27 and it's Dak. Otherwise everyone else is like 26 and under. So I, and honestly, there are some bad quarterbacks that are still starting in the NFL, but also this year we have a couple good ones coming in next year. We have a couple good ones coming in. Like it's, I think we're going to be pretty solid for a while. And I, that's good. Just from, the, just from the NFL standpoint, I a hundred percent agree with you, Rocky. You really felt like this season, like it's been inching that way, but it was the passing of the guard, like fully. Look at the divisional round of the playoffs. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then there was Brock Purdy. I'm not saying he's the future, but another young quarterback sitting there. It as would these, have been Lance. It would have been Lance. Teams. Right. So we've got these young guys in there. Tom Brady retired. Aaron Rodgers maybe switching teams. Who knows what go, what's going on? Russell Wilson falling off a cliff down there. Like the next generation of quarterbacks is kind of stepping up and – um it's been fun to watch. It feels like a different NFL that it's not the the Tom Brady's and the Manning's and the Drew Brees and the Phillip Rivers. They're on their way out the door. And uh, maybe that's why it feels so different right now, because there's these guys that we've been watching for 15 years that aren't there anymore. And there's new names that are yep. popping up as the mid-level group of quarterbacks that maybe we're not comfortable with as the mid-level. Maybe Jared Goff is a mid-level quarterback. You know what I mean? Like maybe he is in that crew and we're just not putting him there yet because we don't have that trust. We've been looking at Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees for 10 years. Um, so I think there's an element of the completely different landscape that's making it feel more like that. 
I, yeah, I agree with everything you two just said, especially about the young guys coming in and all that. And I, I do think too, again, uh, I'll stick up for the old uh, guys, uh, that some of these, the 15 qualified QBs that we're not counting some of them, I think are not going to just be trash like they were this year, like Stafford and yeah. Russell Wilson. I, I don't know if he's including, but uh, you were talking about the Jared Goff thing. I, I think Daniel Jones could be one of those guys, at least from a yeah. fantasy perspective, like that he might not be including in those 15 qualified QBs, but it could be a starter for the next four years somewhere and producing with his legs still and, and putting up top 15, 16 seasons uh, because of his legs and, and maybe passing. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it really is just like, exactly what you said, Simon. It was just that we had a decade of Rivers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, the Manning. I, I they never, they never changed. They were just there for so yes. long. And within three years, they all just sort of went away and were just like, oh, and then there was a year or two of like straight uncertainty. I think Cam Newton getting booted from Carolina threw the NFL into a whirl where all of a sudden it's like quarterbacks aren't safe anymore. And they weren't like, you know, then Josh Rosen happened and like a lot of things happened in a small period of time where we felt very uneasy and the the quarterbacks we started boosting in dynasty value were just the quarterbacks that were under contract for a couple of years. But I also now think we're past that. I think we're a, a little bit more short-sighted for, for a good reason. So short-sighted is probably a bad phrasing. Like we're not worrying about four-year windows anymore. Like I think we're all past the point where that's where dynasty is. Like, if you're thinking two years, you might be thinking a little too long, you know, which is going to, just make me so sad because the feast of riches of 27 to 29 year old wide receivers that has just been available in like the fifth to eighth round is absurd in dynasty. And that's, and that's still like changing. Russ said at the beginning of the show, every year still the youth thing gets worse and worse. In my opinion, people get, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I wrote last week's trading post article about Tyreek Hill. And I fit in so many old person jokes. It was wonderful. <laughs> but I, I took one or two out where it was pretty much just saying, uh, well, used to be we were scared, you know, a player hit 30, there'd be a decline. So we needed to get rid of them by they were 29 to miss out on that. And then we learn through a lot of other people's research that 27 to 29 is like the apex of wide receiver productions of like of a stud's career. Cool. All right. So once they hit 28, that's probably the top of that peak. Get out of them before they hit 29, before they hit 30. Then it turned into, all right, well, if they're going to lose value at 28, I should get out at 27. So I'm not a year or like I'm a year early and not a year late. And then it's like, well, he's going to lose value at 27. So I got to get rid of him at 26. So 26 year old wide receivers are old already. Like that's literally what's happening. Yes. And like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like the, the joke I actually cut out was in my very first dynasty league, there was a guy whose team name was born is too old and everyone thought it was hilarious. And I just did not get it. And then very quickly I learned how ageist everyone was. So yeah, once a player is born, they're already too old and their value, their dynasty value is declining. People are wild. People are wild with the age stuff. I am a lot closer to age agnostic than I am to ageist in dynasty. Just, I mean, there's limits to everything, right? Like, especially in, in drafts, but um, I'll load up on those middle-aged or like over-the-hump wide receivers. And 
I don't mind. Uh, it, I really don't care about running back age in dynasty either because that turns over so quickly on most dynasty rosters. Like I'll take one season from a 28 year old or a 25 year old back. You know what I mean? No problem. Yeah. And then I'll figure out a trade, move on and find the next 25 year old back. That's got a discounted value. Yeah. We've had like five years of like wide receiver one and two seasons from like Tyler Lockett and Brandon cooks. And like, just because they were 27, 26 and Brandon yeah. cooks will forever be like 24 to me. He's yeah. one of those guys like him, Omari Cooper, Juju, they will all forever just be 24. Cause they came in the league so young. Yeah. Uh, but this, this plays perfectly. Uh, the, his next question is what aging players are great value buys right now. I feel like, Let's stick on the wide receiver one, one that has yet to not put up a 1,000-yard season. And for some reason, Tom Brady retiring, people think he's going to revert back to something that he's never done, even without Tom Brady. I think Mike Evans' value is pretty depreciated um, compared to what he is as a player. We've seen nothing but 1,000-yard seasons from him. And only, what, two or three of those, I'm blanking right now, were with Tom Brady. He did it prior to Tom Brady with some pretty bad quarterbacks there in Tampa. He's going to be fine next year. He's going to be whoever's starting a quarterback there's best friend, that giant man in the end zone and over the middle of the field. The February startup ADP on DLF. Where do you think Mike Evans is at? Wait, February's up already? Just startup, not Superflex. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because I'm in the middle of a Superflex one. It's got to be mm, – I'm going to go, like, ninth round. Uh, well, I, I just – like now you're gonna make me do math for us. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I was just going by like wide receiver what? Oh, wide receiver thirty-seven. Thirty-four. Forty. Ah. Forty. Damn. See, that's, that's ridiculous. I get I get the age thing, but that's ridiculous to me. But okay, so this'll we have a trade addicts trade that is technically Mike Evans for the one thirteen, which is our toilet bowl consolation prize. So Mike Evans or the, for the 201, more or less. Like I'm doing that all day on a competing team. Yeah, like, I'll take Mike Evans. Right? Like, in taking a step back, being objective about it, you probably, you're not getting a first for Mike Evans. Like, you, you shouldn't. So if you're going to get a second, it might as well be the first one. Yeah, yeah I but, mean, in that second-round pick, odds are they never have a season as good as the one Mike Evans has next year. And that's even with the uncertainty of what Mike Evans is going to do. I love that I hung the T Higgins poster back up because I could do this now. Oh, it can happen. You know what I mean? You get, I I know. I think you're always going to pick that guy, Russ. It could be Terrace Marshall. It's it's right here. Literally. (laughs) Laquan Treadwell, Terrace Marshall, Nikhil Harry. Like we, we've got some like surefire things that just don't work out. Um, So take Mike Evans. It's probably going to be more than one more season of really great production for your team. Speed had never had anything to do with his game. He's just a gigantic man who's very good at high pointing the ball. Exactly. Uh, We have a question from Corey who's, who's uh, watching us. Uh, Where would you rank digs in terms of uh, picks this year in super flex? Ooh. See, the thing is he should be worth probably what? One Oh four. That's what I was going to say is 104. But I don't think anyone's giving that up for him. I Ooh, wait, I, I would said I was in a super flex startup. Let's find out. Would you rather have Diggs or any of the rookie wide receivers this year? Diggs. I, I'm with oh, you. So it's got to be. super in love with JSN at this point. I get it. I, I, I like. I, I understand mean, that. But give me Diggs over those guys. Uh, like if I, if I'm, if you're trying if I have a competing team and I'm just saying, screw it, I want to go win. Yes, I would rather have Diggs on my team than any rookie. But. 
if I'm like team agnostic and just talking value, JSO. I just yeah. think the only rookies that should be value, that that you could value above them is Bijan and the two quarterbacks. I, I'm not including Levis and Richardson in that either. I so, put over everybody else except those three. In my first, Rocky hates Levis and Richardson. <laughs> I, I haven't really dove into them, but yeah, not big fans as of right now. <laughs> so, oh damn, that works out perfectly. So in this one draft I'm in, which is a wonderful sample size of one, Diggs got drafted pick 40 at the 404. And the fourth rookie, who was Jackson Smith and Jigba, went at pick 46. Look at that. Right there. Look yeah. at that. There you go. See, so that is more or less exactly what we said. Yeah, there you go. That worked out perfectly. I love that. And plus, I get to delete one of the trades out of the, the show sheet. <laughs> Second trade. Oh, and then I asked everyone if they care about the combine. And then I asked uh, if you were to do the combine, what what drill would you do well at? Uh, combine, yes, I care, but you can't pay me to watch it. And I would crush the three cone, literally falling on the third cone. I love that answer. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, making it to the third cone is, is a win. <laughs> Like, I would go to make that first cut, slip, twist an ankle, and be like, nope, nope, nope. The last time I jumped, I was in a brace for, like, eight months. <laughs> I, I just don't even, like, I know that's not jumping, but if a, if a leap will do that to me, then I can't even imagine what, like, a hard cut would do. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I'd go to do the vertical jump, and I would, like, squat down, and then, like, my back would lock, and I'd be, like, <laughs> walking out there, like, an old, walking off like an old man with my hand on my back, hunched over. Yeah, no, even no. if I made it that far and could do the jump, I'm getting like two inches off the ground. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I legitimately can't remember the last time like I jumped as high as I could. Not me either. Oh, I did. I, I remember very. Clearly. <laughs> I guess you do. <laughs> Paintball four years ago. I thought I was going to look like a badass. I see this giant spool. My girlfriend's visiting from out of town. I'm with all my new coworkers, and I run straight to the spool, and I'm going to launch myself over oh, no. right right of the other team and i'm in the air and i'm in the air long enough to go oh no and <laughs> i hit the ground and had to crawl out of that arena it was a multiple l um down there not just one of the l's we had the lcl and one other l and the meniscus all messed up in that one and i'm trying to like play it off because it's all my new co-workers we've been working together for like a week and i'm like no i'm I'm good. As I'm like literally like dragging my leg behind me out of the paintball arena. Oh, uh, you're that guy. That's great. <laughs> I mean, that's not great. That's awful. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm consistently that guy in, in uh, sporting events. <laughs> all right. Well, that was our last listener question. So let's move on to Trade Addicts trades. Trade Addicts leagues are 12 teams, super flex, PPR, tight end premium, 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0. 0.05 points for return yardage. Still except for TA1. Oh, also, uh, all Trade Addicts leagues are now full. Thank you, everyone, for who signed up. But for now, sorry if you didn't make it. Uh, I'm sure I don't want it to happen, but I'm sure someone's going to leave before the season starts, and maybe you got a shot. TA love you starting soon. Yep. It's loaded up. I created all of the custom players for the draft picks. We're ready to go. Just got to figure out something to do the draft. They're getting restless. I know. I might just do the hundred yard <laughs> rush tomorrow morning, and then honestly start the draft in the evening. Give us a couple yeah. of hours. I of like training. to set up rankings. Usually, I think I'm just going to wing it. When was the last time I set up rankings? Like two years ago. Last year, I didn't do it, but two years ago, like I would go to DLF. I would take ADP. You know, 
a column per position and try and be smart about it. But then by like round four, I'd stop paying attention anyway. So I just stopped doing that. It's just too much work. Yeah. Plus like I'm better <laughs> at drafting anyway. So why try, you know, just I'll figure it out later. It's fun to freestyle draft. Like if, yeah. if you're going with the plan, it can be pretty boring sometimes, but if like, if you let yourself kind of, I don't know, get a little crazy in the first round that affects every other pick you make for the rest of the draft. Now you're on your toes. You're thinking. Especially I pick like, in the first round, Simon. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. He'll trade it to me. Like if you do something like really off the wall in like the first or second, that throws off the draft. And that's a lot for, of fun for everyone. Now. Yeah, exactly. Like I might now I want, that's kind of what I want to do. Like I'm going to get the one Oh seven and just take T Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then know, take Calvin Ridley in the second. I honestly, unless <laughs> I waddle there, I'll take Waddle Ridley in the third. Oh, okay, there you go. I'm gonna put. Um, well, then I have like DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. I'm gonna put Martavis Bryant back into I, the just league. All, all hashtag big Clemson wide receivers. Clemson wide receivers. Clemson wide receivers. You can't forget uh, Hunter Renfro down there at the end of the draft. That's right? small Clemson wide receiver. <laughs> wide receiver. I literally <laughs> added big wide receiver to get Renfro out of there. I didn't hear the big. I think I just selectively crossed it out so I could plug Hunter Renfro right after. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very happy for him, but he just he doesn't fit in. Five <laughs> ten balding little guy isn't uh, isn't your favorite prototypical He's wide receiver. One of the very few guys that just made me feel good about my physique for a few minutes. It's just yeah, you know, all right, okay. <laughs> that guy, that guy's in the NFL. I'm not that bad. <laughs> the, the season in college when Mike Williams broke his neck. I, I know I've told this story before, but I walked into a bar at on Clemson or right outside Clemson's campus and Mike Williams is standing there and that's a tall guy. Like he's yeah, not lying yeah. about his height and he's got a neck brace on. So he stands extra tall with that. Like it, it holds his head up straight. And I've had a, uh, I have a little bit of liquid courage at this point. I've had a couple drinks and I'm like, I'm going to talk to Mike Williams. And I just walked up to Mike Williams. And for some reason, the first thing I said was how big is Hunter Renfro? And he just, <laughs> He just looked at me. He gave me a full up down, like with a neck to, brace. Gave with a with neck brace gives me a full up down, and then says, "Man, that dude's smaller than you are." And I walked around the rest of that night like I was on the freaking Clemson football team, like I had won that national championship. Like That's I was a great the story. man that night. That makes me so happy. You have no idea. That's so good. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go buy a Mike Williams jersey now. <laughs> oh. <Whew. sighs> All right. So Trade Addicts won. We have a trade of a guy we just mentioned, though not one of the Clemson guys, Calvin Ridley and the 202 for DK Metcalf, the 312 and the 407. Funny story. Hmm. I sent an offer of the crap i don't remember what it was but it was better than calvin ridley in the 202 to try and get dk metcalf and this was sent back to me by a guy named ridley truther so i'm like i mean yeah you get your guy man so so i took it um i love dk metcalf i don't think that's that's really a a secret uh, so that's what I did. I, I, I was just going after DK Metcalf. Here we go. I sent the 109 and a 24 second for just DK. And then he sends me Calvin Ridley in the 202. And I'm like, 
I almost messaged him to be like, you sure? I think my offer was better for you. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I don't feel like being that nice of a guy right now. <laughs> so you sent Calvin Ridley in the 202 for DK Metcalf? Yeah. Plus those picks in there. Yeah, I got a third and fourth back, baby. <laughs> yeah, I um, I love DK Metcalf. I think memories are short, apparently, because it wasn't too long ago that he was the consensus dynasty number one wide receiver, right? There was a, there was a time period in offseason where he was like, he was up there. People were all about it. Um, he's still the same guy. He's still the same just insanely athletic man. He's still the same caliber of wide receiver. Um, he's borderline top 12 in dynasty for me. And Calvin Ridley, not having played in a couple years, there's too much risk to trade a borderline wide receiver one in dynasty for hopefully someone who's as good as they were the last time they played on a couple years ago competing with the $20 million man, Christian Kirk. Yeah, I'm I'm with Simon. I mean, I, I don't even love DK Metcalf. So I, not that I don't like him, but I, I'm not as super high on him as you two are. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, to me, this is an indication of why you should have been buying Calvin Ridley. Because uh, there's going to be some people, and it's going to, his value is going to go in the up. League with a guy named Ridley Truther. Yeah, that helps. But but I just, I do think that is, as, as you know, he applied for reinstatement not too long ago. Uh, I don't think they've said that he's definitely reinstated yet, but I'm sure that's probably going to happen. And once he starts uh, getting closer to the season and we get some videos of Calvin Ridley, I think his value is going to go up. But it's still – this is still not enough for DK Metcalf. I'm with you. And I like Calvin Ridley. I think the more likely outcome is that he's great and is the wide receiver one for the Jaguars. But I'm not trading DK Metcalf for a probable outcome that still has a lot of uncertainty attached to it. Yeah. Now, but like you said, Russ, if he's your guy, I understand people hyped on Calvin Ridley, and I get the hype. And if you think he's going to show up and he's going to be Trevor Lawrence's first option in that offense, and that they're going to take another step up, then then do it. And, and like, by the way, like, like you can see this here now. If patreoncom slash spot, you watch us record. You can see I finally hung up my T Higgins poster. But what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let go, let go. There's my Calvin Ridley jersey. <laughs> And like Russ said, he this this trade was done with a guy who calls himself Ridley, Ridley Trooper. So, yeah. <laughs> ooh, the way I put my camera back on, you see, you actually see the autograph up here. Nice. I'm glad I did that now. <laughs> um, all right, the next trade we have is Trade Addicts Three, which is Gabe Davis and David Bell for Marquise Brown. I typed that out, and I I knew I was going to say Gabe Davis and Davis Bell, and I even typed out. Gabe Davis and Davis Bell. Like, why did I? I could have switched the order, but I didn't. I thought you were going to say you typed that out and you had to double check to make sure those were the actual names because to me, that is so far the Marquise Brown side. It's not even. Oh, funny. that too. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I, you know, I was a David Bell guy, but when you do zip your first year, I'm kind of out. It's rough. Like, I now it's more of a I hope good things happen as opposed to I Same. expect good things to happen. Yeah. I was going to say, but, I still like David Bell, yeah. but I didn't see enough from him in his first year, like you said, um, Rocky, to have any sort of hope that I could make a trade like yeah. this. Uh, like, I'm surprised this went through, not because I don't think, like, it may be relatively fair whenever we look at it, eventually. Like, I do think David Bell steps up in year yeah. two, but right now, this is nowhere near value for these guys, it feels see, like. I even have my doubts about that. Like, I like David Bell as a player coming out, and uh, I... 
I, I, like Russ said, I hope I end up being right about him, but it's just so rare to see someone do as little as he did in his rookie year and then succeed. It just and does not happen very often. Without injury or anything, which is yeah. the worst part. Like, if guy does that little. He just didn't get, yeah, he had <laughs> trouble getting on the field, and when he was, he wasn't doing much, yeah. And it's and not it like also, there was crazy competition for the second wide receiver there in Cleveland. It was hey, Donovan. Hey, 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 I like Donovan Peoples Jones. I don't want Donovan Peoples Jones, man. I like Donovan Peoples Jones, but it's not like um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin sitting there, right? It's not an impenetrable second option going yeah. into here in Cleveland. We weren't like, oh, how's he going to break in? It was like, oh, he might be the number two option right away. And the one hope, I guess, would be an upgrade in quarterback play because I, I think we're going to see a better Deshaun Watson even yeah. than we saw at the end of yeah. the last year. And obviously most of last year, he didn't even have that. So, And it also doesn't help in this discussion that Rocky and I are still big Marquise Brown guys. Yes, we are. So, so we value still more are. than more people probably do anyway. The next trade is really funny because this happened – like a day or two after uh, I recorded an episode of Dynasty Wall Street with John Bosch, who brought up getting Kenneth Gainwell for a late second and how that is a smart move to do. And I, I immediately text John. I'm like, I think someone listens to us. Because <laughs> someone traded at the 212 for Kenneth Gainwell. And I think that really is a smart move because the Eagles, whether it was wanting to phase out Miles Sanders or if Miles Sanders was nicked up and they were trying to save him for the Super Bowl, Towards the end of the season and through the playoffs, Gainwell got a lot of play, and he's at least the quickest running back on their roster. No less probably the fastest, but he's never going to be like the guy or anything, but I think for a late second, he still probably has a bigger chance of production swing or at least value swing than anyone you're going to draft at 212. So uh, this is a... You know, it's fair. I think the value is insanely fair, and I get both sides of it, but I, I like the idea of getting Kenneth Gainwell there. That's what I thought when I saw. I was just like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And and, and I like you said, I don't think Gainwell's ever going to even probably regularly get as much as he did the last six weeks of the Eagles season. Uh, I, there there was some talk that Sanders was, was banged up, uh, even though he, I don't think he was really on the injury list for a lot of that. But And I think Sanders is probably gone because the Eagles are not going to pay a running back, but yeah. they're going to replace him. Uh, there's, yeah. you know, there's been talk about, you know, maybe even taking the guy with that 31st, like Gibbs or somebody with that 30, 30th pick. Uh, if not, I bet, I bet, I think they have two seconds this year. Uh, maybe no, maybe uh, two first, one second, I think, but anyway, they could take somebody in the second as well. So uh, I think they're going to sign someone or draft a, decent running back that we're all going to love because he's now on the Eagles. Yeah. So I, I don't know that. East. Yeah. Well, it, but I think whoever that guy is, is going to be ahead of Gamewell. But even with Sirianni, they've been kind of like, they still tend to, Sanders got more work than he had in the past this year. But for the, for the first year of uh, Sirianni, they were still kind of almost doing s- similar to the Doug Peterson thing where guys would go in and out. So, uh, I think Gamewell has some value, and the two twelve is like nothing. So I mean, you're, you're just a total dart throw. So I, I have no problem with that. It's a low yeah. upside. He, he's a low upside back for me, but his floor is pretty safe as well right now with what's going on on that roster. And I'm with you; they're going to bring someone else in. But the Eagles have shown over the past couple of years through the frustration of 
myself who has loved Miles Sanders, that they're not just going to keep giving the ball to one back. Even if that back is averaging five yards a carry and is incredibly electric every time he touches the football. The only way he that Kenneth Gainwell is screwed is if they can get Darren Sproles out of retirement because they just <laughs> loved giving Sproles the ball they and did. brought him back. They didn't goal line carries Sproles, um, but when yeah, you can give a four foot guy the goal line carries. You got to do it. Yeah, and you, you never you're never going to probably know what's going to happen unless there's an injury. But Gainwell will pop up every once in a while. He has those flashes, you know. Yeah, he'll have multiple like ten yard carries and and look really good. But he's yeah, he's never going to do it on a consistent yeah. basis. Whenever I forget how large NFL players are, I Google pictures of Darren Sproles playing days just to remind myself. Seeing those men next to Darren Sproles reminds you just how large those yeah. men are. Well, I absolutely understand that it was not even a purpose ca- purposeful camera trick, but that picture of Derek Henry and Mark Ingram, where <laughs> that was just taken at a weird angle that made Ingram look literally half the size of Derek Henry. Uh, it was fantastic. Or that picture, I forget, who were the three running backs? But one of them was Melvin Gordon, and he had these little, little legs. They're all so much bigger than we are. Um so next, Trade Addicts 4. This was an interesting one, Rocky. Matt Stafford, Rashad White, and Jalen Waddle for DJ Moore, the 107, and a 25 first and second. What do you thought? I just got a little better today with uh, the Fournette news, right, that they're expected to release him. So the Rashad White side, uh, I was thinking that's going to have to be a 2024 kind of payoff to get the Rashad White as the lead back, but uh, – if they're releasing Leonard Fournette, that makes that side a little bit more interesting. At least in the immediate for a competing team. I mean, the way I look at it is, which would you rather have? DJ Moore and the 107 or Jalen Waddle? And for me, that is very easily Jalen Waddle. Like... When you're looking at a top five dynasty wide receiver, you got to sell the farm to trade for them, right? Like it it has to be, it's not like, oh, this guy's great. Top five young dynasty wide receivers, like under 25, that's, that's gold. It doesn't get more valuable than that in dynasty. And then a 25 first and second for Stafford and Rashad White, whatever, fine, sure, whatever. In which case, so, okay, then yeah, give me Jalen Waddle side pretty easily. But I get the... My team is probably bad, bad, so I need to break down Jalen Waddle. So going, getting DJ Moore in the 107, and then it's a 25, but it's still a first, so I get the trade. But man, give me Jalen Waddle. I also don't mind getting out from underneath Matthew Stafford right now. I think there is a lot of uncertainty with that Rams franchise, and we are seeing quarterbacks come towards the end of their careers, right? And if this Rams team isn't going to be competitive, which – it's not looking great right now with the pieces that they're having to move. Maybe like that's a possibility for Matthew Stafford. That isn't a possibility for some of these other younger quarterbacks. So while I I'm with you, I take the Jalen Waddle side. I, I get the other side, DJ Moore, maybe he's always been great, but with poor quarterback play and then the picks could be anything. Yeah. Could even be uh, DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I got the uh, Waddle side in this. Uh, this actually was sent to me as is, and I, I actually did think about it for a little bit, mostly just because I love DJ Moore. Um, but this was a I, I, 
Yeah. My team was horrible in TA4 last year, and I went into the dispersal, uh, and it actually came out, like, really good. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe it's, like, a very good point-scoring team. It's also got some youth, too. I have I have T. Higgins. I have nice. Josh Allen. I have TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I had DJ Moore. Now I have Jalen Waddle. And, and I don't I don't mind. Uh, and uh, Josh Allen was my only ended up being my only quarterback because I played a little. There weren't many quarterbacks in that dispersal, and I think I kind of played a little chicken, and, and they took the rest of them. So, uh, but yeah, and I, I have a team that can win now. I think I I don't know if it's the best team in the league, but it's definitely a playoff team as is. And yeah, I, and I don't I don't mind actually getting uh, buying Stafford. I'm a little higher on him than you are, I guess, because, you know, McVay did stay there. Uh, I do think he'll be hopefully healthy this year. Uh, And I don't think I'm, I don't buy all this. Like you keep hearing it every year, this retirement stuff. He even said, you know, he has no plans to to retire anytime soon. So I I think we're going to see a lot. I mean, two years, you know, the year prior to last year, he was like a top eight QB or something like that. I don't know that we're going to see that, but I could, I could easily see low end QB one for him if he's healthy this year with with Cooper Cup healthy and back and 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 McVay back. So yeah, I like that. And I you know Rashad White it is a nice little extra piece in there too. Like you said, with Fournette gone, uh, I, I'm not super high on Rashad White. I, I'm sure they'll bring another back in as well. Uh, and we'll just see how significant that back is, but. Yeah, the Waddle thing is what yeah put it over the top for me. Like it's exactly how I looked at it, Russ. DJ Moore in the 107 for Waddle is, is pretty much a no-brainer for me. And a 25 first for Stafford, 25 second for White. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I was really sad when I saw that trade go through because I was going back and forth with him on Waddle offers, but he kept trying to make it like this size, and I'm just like trying to get Waddle. Because like I have my team is bad. It's been in like a good two-year rebuild that I like I was purposely playing it slow because I usually don't so I'm like let's do it this like I you know mm-hmm. I have now 11 trade addicts leagues I can do something differently with one of them but my wide receivers well I have Justin Fields on this team which just makes me happy um, Rashad Bateman Jamar Chase Jerry Judy Drake London Chris Olave Wandell Robinson Kandarius Tony. And I have the 104, which I don't even care what happens with these quarterbacks. I'm taking JSN. So, like, I am going to be drooling over my wide receiver core. And that's all that matters to me. <laughs> it's kind of funny the way he just – that trade made me think, like, whenever you're constructing a trade, the solution that comes to you first is never to simplify it to make it happen. It's always keep adding more. It's like instead of, like, starting over on a project, like you're building a bookshelf, it's not working, you just keep, like – shoving scraps of wood in there to try to like make it even and putting coasters under the table leg to make it stand up straight. That's how we're all trading. It's just like, okay, let's wipe this one for yeah. one. What can we do? It's funny too. He, that same guy, I think he was in the dispersal also. He kept sending yeah. me stuff with uh, Stafford and white and some other pieces in it, trying to get Josh Allen that I kept rejecting. And then he sent this over uh, with more just pick based and DJ Moore. And I was like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, I kept going back and forth between offers to Rocky for Higgins and offers to this guy for Waddle. <laughs> and then I got distracted, and then all of a sudden that trade happens. So I'm like, oh. So now you can try for take a Higgins and Waddle from me. <laughs> Don't the thought has absolutely crossed my mind. Don't think it hasn't. Uh, but you know what is always crossing my mind? Sleeper. 
Trade of the week, sleeper. Trade of the week. We're gonna talk about a trade addict's trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. Yay! <laughs> Beautiful. So the sleeper trade of the week, and our last trade on the show sheet is trade addict six, and the trade is. Drake London for the 113, 204, and a 24 first. I can't remember what I originally sent for Drake London, but it was not this good. It was worse than this because remember I said I sent a trade. So (laughs) (laughs) yet everyone wants to be in a league with me. I don't get it. Um, And then he counters with this and I stared at this for a long time. I sent it to a few people. I'm just like, should I do this? Like, what am I? And then I stop and I'm like, if I'm thinking this long and hard about it, it's a good trade. So I'm just going to take it because that that's fun. And, and that's exactly what happened. And it's funny. It was one of those things where we're both like, I don't know. I think I regret that. And again, sign of a good trade when both people think they did it wrong. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is probably his value. I, I, you want, I'm not as high on, I, like, you yeah. don't want to see the 113. You don't want I was see, just going to say the fact that it's a one is makes it look, feel different. Like, it, it's really the 201, but the yeah. fact that it says one makes you feel like you're giving up two firsts and, and a second, and you're really not. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically a first and two high seconds, which I don't think you're getting them for any less than that, are you? No, but like you, you if you're trading away Drake London, like you want to see like the 104. Like you, like you want to see something good. You want to see a better earlier pick, which is why I get his feeling of I don't feel like I got enough. But when you stop and think about it, especially it is very draft class specific. Like I'm going to keep pointing to this poster behind me. The 201 is different in different years, and this is yeah. a year it can be closer to. T Higgins than it is John Mechie, <laughs> you know, like, you know, th- this is a very different year than it was last year. So I-, I really think when you stop and think about the players that will most likely be around in the early second, this is probably a lot better trade than it feels like right now for, for him. I-, I feel iffy about it. Like I'm going to f- hopefully I forget that I did this by the time the draft rolls around. And then you yeah. just have Drake London on your team. And, and I just have Drake London, and I forget yeah. that I gave away these guys that are getting drafted that I'm sad I'm not drafting. Yeah. Think my right. initial... oh, you can oh, go, go ahead, Rocky. <laughs> no, you're the guest. I'm going to go first. I was just going to say... I'm I said Simon you. goes. <laughs> no, Simon. No, no, what I was going to say is Drake London was my number one wide receiver coming out of last year's draft class, and I didn't see anything this year that changed why he was my number one wide receiver coming out of last year's draft class. Know what I mean? He showed us who he was on a terrible team with god-awful quarterback play. He's still 6'4", 215, Mike Evans-esque type of player. You might notice I have a type whenever it comes to my favorite type of guys. Um, You get it? It it makes sense because their touchdowns are where the money is in fantasy football, and those guys are touchdown machines. At first, three picks down there made it look scary, but – this is Drake London for me, especially with him being the later picks. And it's – I think I would confidently click that Drake London side. And I was going to say just that I was kind of more like you, Russ, where I'd probably feel more iffy on your end about having uh, – you sent that for Drake London, right? 
I sent away the picks and got yeah, Drake, Drake London. Yeah, that's because uh, I was ne- I was never as high as Simon on Drake London, and I, I did sort of I did sort of come around when he started off well, and then he dipped again, and then he kind of picked back. That's I I'm not sure what to think of Drake London, and we're not supposed to gauge situation too much, but the situation does not look great, even if they. Uh, where to get a rookie quarterback or something like that. They're probably not getting up to uh, one or two. I mean, I guess they could. What are they, like five or something like that? Um, Lamar Jackson signed. Well, yeah, there is that rumor, too. And <laughs> if we get Lamar Jackson, it's a little better. But, uh, but yeah, I just – I I would have liked to have seen a little more than what we saw from Jake. I get what you're saying. We did definitely see flashes, Simon. And if you liked him already, I would certainly, if I did like him, if I had him as my wide receiver one, I would be feel justified in that too. Um, I just wasn't as high on him coming out. And so I guess I feel more justified by the middle, whole middle of the season where he wasn't producing. So, I, I, but I think it's fair value. I just, I feel, I think I feel exactly the way you do, Russ. Like it's fair, but do I really have wanted to do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, it comes down to if this were a higher stakes league, I was in fewer leagues and I care yeah. more about each individual trade, I probably wouldn't have done it. But whenever I'm, when I try words, hold on, it's the end of the show, so I'm, I'm out. Like I got nothing, <laughs> the words are not. You know, when I do the randomness thing to get people into trade addicts leagues, I DM them, say, hey, your name came up. Um, before we go forward with this, here is what the TA leagues are about. Is Are you down with this? And part of that is these are purposely lower stakes, so you do things you might not normally do in your other league. Like, these are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be doing silly things because it's called frick trade out. You don't take that seriously. Like, you know, and so, like, that's really what it came down to. It's just like, whatever, man. Sure. Cool. I'm going to do that. Let's do it. Yeah, that's really all it was. And what I did like about Drake London, what made I loved that, and I get it, Pitts was not playing, but after they did switch to Desmond Ritter, London was getting double digit targets every single game. And again, I get that Pitts isn't there and Pitts is going to get some targets, but also they threw the ball more with, with, with Ritter as opposed to Mariota. So hoping they are going to build their offense more like that than they did whatever the heck they were doing last year, which well, they accidentally picked up a playbook from the 1940s is what happened yeah. last season. Um, but hopefully this year they got that corrected. One of those, I think Arthur blanks must've like just grabbed the wrong one on the way out the door. He's been around forever and handed the wrong one to Arthur Smith. Arthur blank looks like if I were to picture like Walt Disney, like he just like <laughs> he looks like a guy out of like the 30s. Like he just has his he hair back, that little mustache. Like I, it just he looks anachronistic. He looks out of time in the 2000s. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but that is the end of our show sheet. So that is going to be the end of the show. Uh, why don't you before we go out? Why don't you remind everyone, Simon, who you are, what you do and where they could find what you do? I am Simon Greenevelt. You can find me on Twitter at FYF Simon. I'm part of the Front Yard Fantasy crew over there. We do our fantasy football game show on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Both Rocky and Russ have come over and hung out with us on that show. It's a ton of fun. And then every morning, Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m., myself, John Luke, and Andrew Cooper are live for the Front Yard Fantasy Morning Show. 
again on our YouTube channel at Front Yard Fantasy or on the Better Sports Network app. Fantastic. And our stuff. What is our stuff? Patreon.com slash Trade Addicts Pod. Uh, watch us as we record. Ask questions, you know, in the chat to have us answer on the show. All that fun stuff. Awesome. There is also our awesome Discord chat, the Cool Kids Club, where you get to talk with awesome people about awesome things and awesome, 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 awesome. Yay, words. And ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com is our shop, which still has all of the SFB12 stuff up because I'm, why, why would I take it down? We'll take it down when SFB13 rolls around. But there's also all of Trade Addicts and Junkies and Timeline and uh, Superflex Super Show and Get Real and a whole lot of other podcasts that were too lazy to make their own stuff. So I put it in my shop. But Every single penny that comes into that shop, regardless of what you buy, goes straight to Fantasy Cares. So you'll get some awesome stuff. Some kids will get some awesome stuff for the holidays. Everybody wins. And I, I think I'm saying goodnight at that point because I don't know what I'm saying anymore. So bye, everybody. Bye. Thank, Thank you, for you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS Family of Podcasts. And a proud member Dicey Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.